Hey, thanks for joining us for episode eight of Head Start. Ooh. This is a weekly podcast to help Liberty's adult and student ministry life group leaders prepare for the upcoming lesson. All right, before we get into uh, this conversation about John the Baptist, we'll be looking at John chapter 3, verses 22 through 36, I believe. Nailed it. Before we get into that conversation, just, just some reminders for our life group leaders about some very important dates that are quickly approaching. Uh, the first one is August the 6th. August the 6th is a date that we're asking all life group leaders, preschool through older adults, to join us for an, an afternoon of training. Uh, as soon as the 1045 service ends, we're asking all of those leaders to congregate in the East Venue. We're going to feed you uh, some lunch, and then we'll have just a brief challenge. Pastor Tim will be with us, a brief challenge from him. We're going to share some uh, information that's applicable for everyone, and then we'll break up by age-graded divisions, preschool, kids, student ministry, adults, and we'll do breakout session. Uh, we will be done. We're going to be walking out the doors before 2 p.m., so just know that. Uh, we just want you to go ahead and make plans to be a part of this training. It's really important as we prepare to launch uh, into a new year as we seek to impact the kingdom, Mm. seek to impact our community right. uh, with the gospel. So leaders make plans to be a part of that. Next is the following Sunday, August the 13th. We're calling it Kickoff Sunday. On that Sunday, leaders, we want everybody, not just leaders, but everyone to come dressed in your favorite team's colors, Yep. right? So there are people in our church that are all into soccer, like maybe the Atlanta United. Yes. Yes. So if you're like that person, maybe you come dressed in your Atlanta United colors. I don't Red, know. black, and gold, I think. Are they really? I think so. Okay. I, I could be totally wrong. I don't know the Who answer knows? to that. Or maybe you're an LSU fan uh, and you want to come in your purple and gold. Is that right? It purple is, and gold? Yeah. That's, they, I mean, they did mm. just win the national championship in baseball. Is that what it's called? National championship? College World Series. College World yeah, Series. There yeah, it is. Big who cares? Whatever. <laughs> Sorry. Probably just lost a bunch of people. <laughs> Whoever your team is, come dressed in those, because that's your favorite team, come dressed in their in their team colors, okay? Mm. Uh, we're going to take group pictures. Uh, we're going to uh, connect our adult life groups with next-gen groups. We're going to ask you adult life groups to partner with, to minister to those groups throughout the year. Yes, we're going to ask you to pray for them. We're also going to ask you to minister to those groups uh, three or four times throughout the year mm. uh, to do some intentional connection with uh, the older adults, connecting with next-gen groups. It's so important. So just know that's coming August the 13th, kickoff Sunday. That afternoon, 4 until 6 p.m., as a church, we're going to gather at Hargis Christian Camp. Uh, it's going to be a great afternoon. There'll be lots of food, uh, kids uh, and adults, so there'll be opportunities to play games. We will have a worship service together. There will be a devotion. We're looking forward to having baptism. It's going to be a great opportunity for us just, just to spend some t time together as a faith family. Yeah. So uh, just mark that in your mind, leaders. Not only mark it in your mind, but communicate with your group. Begin challenging them and encouraging them to make August the 13th a big deal uh, as we come together and we launch into a new year. That's okay, good. so just those really important dates that are coming up. Now, uh, these are some get-to-know-you kinds of questions, okay? Yes. And it's really important, and these are really uh, important issues that we need to have information about. Okay, so let's think about 
the restroom. Mm. In every restroom, there is toilet paper. There's a much debated, uh, much debate on this. Which is the proper way to place toilet paper on the roll? With the paper coming over or the paper coming underneath or behind? Right. I, have, I am convinced that this is the, the proper way to do it, but I just need to know, Brian, in your opinion, what's the proper way to do this? It just shouldn't be a question. No, well... The toilet paper goes over the roll. Yes, thank you. Very I don't much. know why this is a debate. I don't know why some people, poisoned in their thinking, mm. go under. It, yes, it's poisoned supposed to go over. Is a good point. That is that is it's so wrong. It is. Yeah, yeah. There's a different. There's right and the wrong. The laws of physics. I there, mean, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Okay, so here's another <clears> one. You um, ha- go home for lunch and you have you fix a sandwich. Sandwich. What, what kind of sandwich are you doing? Uh, you know, just some sliced lunch meat kind of thing. So okay. we'll do turkey and ham. And okay. I'm not afraid to combine. Unless it's roast beef. You don't combine when it's roast okay. beef. Okay. Do you put condiments on it? Yeah, mayonnaise we'll put some food? mayonnaise and okay. then the lettuce. Because okay. the mayonnaise and the lettuce are salad dressing kind of thing. I'm with you. And then we're going to do, on the other side, the other piece of bread, we're going to do mustard. Oh. Meat. Okay. Whatever it is. And yes. then a slice or two of cheese. So the cheese and the lettuce meat come together. In the yeah, that's right. Wow. That's, that's probably not the right way to do it, but that's the way that I do well, it. That's very specific. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, know. that's good. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're going to have chips with the sandwich. Yes. You must have chips. Yep. Here's the question. When you're done with that bag of chips, hmm. what are you going to do with it? <laughs> I mean, uh, this this needs, we need uh, an this answer. This is actually this. really interesting. It, it, we need the answer. Is it empty or is it? No, there's still chips There's left. still chips in it. Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, you're not yeah. going to leave it. Um, no, uh-uh. it's not left open. No, no, uh, no. Only people who put the toilet paper roll upside down that is a uh, true do that. Yes. No, we're gonna fold the bag, uh, you know, a couple times over the top. Maybe okay. the, bring the corners down, fold the bag over the top, put a chip clip on it, okay. and replace it in the pantry for the next person to enjoy some some uh, sun chips. Probably the original harvest cheddar, garden salsa, any of the above. Did you know that those um, you can get the like when you buy. Um, uh, clothing and they have the the hangers that have the little clips on them. Yeah. Did you know that you can break those clips off and that can become a chip, chip clip. clip? I've yes. never thought of that before in my it life. Is, it is genius. Okay. Now Kaylee can actually close and seal the bag without a chip without clip. Without a bag, without a clip. And that okay. makes me sick. Do you ever use like clothespins? Uh, sure. Whatever. Okay. Whatever I have available. Okay, good. We went on Amazon and bought like a, a thirty pack. You know, oh, wow. of just kind of metal, and it was super cheap, and they I were didn't great. Know that was so, a thing. Yeah. Okay. The last one, and then we'll yep. get to John chapter three. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> is you, you've you've gotten your bread out. Yes. When you open the bag first, there was a little twist tie. Mm-hmm. Are you going to replace the twist tie, or is the twist tie going in the trash, and you're just going to spin it in? Close it up. It's a really unfortunate question, um, and I'm sure that it triggers a number of people, and I hate that for you, so so I'm sorry. Um, I have kids in my house. Yes. I have two. I have one who is old enough to get his own bread. Sure, yes. And so because of that— uh, You have stale bread? Yes. <laughs> my, my son does not practice magic, but he can make a twist tie disappear like oh, it's his yes. job. Yes. And so uh, if there is no twist tie remaining, then I will just, I'll get all the air out. I'll okay. twist it up pretty good and then tuck Hold the tail underneath. underneath the bag yep, yeah. and put it away. We keep our bread in the freezer to keep it from going stale. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's that's how we do things. That's really cool. Okay. <laughs> well, there you go. Amazing. <laughs> things that so we known. need to know yeah. here. Yeah. Okay. So we're we're still in the hero heroes sermon series. We've yep. looked at Noah, Elijah, 
Now, Mary, uh, this, uh, in this coming Sunday, we'll be looking at John the Baptist, mm. uh, specifically the passage of Scripture that we'll be looking at is John chapter 3, verses 22 through 36. Now, our goal right. here is, yes, to talk about nonsensical, nonsensical things like <laughs> chip clips and twisty ties, yep, yep. Uh, uh, also to information about what's coming, but more importantly, uh, maybe even, hey, let's equip our leaders to better right. lead a conversation on this passage of Scripture. So could you share some insights on that? Yeah, and before I do that, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just kind of walk through as best as I can John the Baptist's life. Uh, we don't you know, really have a, a biography, so to speak, of John the Baptist, but um, this is a really incredible character in the yes. Scriptures. I'm super excited to uh, study his, his story in more detail, but I do just want to give you some insight into his life before we dive into this passage passage because it it really brings color to what's other what otherwise can be kind of a, a black and white story from John chapter 3. Uh, before I do any of this, let me just say, so I went to Beeson Divinity School. That's where I got my Master of yes. Divinity, um, a seminary degree. And as we all began to graduate, you know, we had a group me where all of our class members were in and, and we'd communicate with one another. As we began to graduate, and some graduated early, some graduated normal, and then some graduated late, uh, what you would do is you would change the name of your group me profile uh, to reflect, you know, a saint or a hero of the faith that gotcha. you had kind of, you know, uh, fallen in love with during your time at Beeson. Now, I went to school with Anglicans and Presbyterians and all sorts of folks from different tribes of the Christian faith. And so, you know, they would they would pick like, uh, you would change your name to the ghost of St. Blank, right? Okay, so <laughs> yeah. they'd pick Polycarp or, you know, Athanasius or Augustine or whoever. Sure. Well, when I changed my name after I graduated, I made sure that I changed it to the ghost of St. John the Baptist. <laughs> and I put Baptist in all capital letters, and we all laughed about it. It was a great time. I say that to say we refer to him as John the Baptist. It's probably better uh, John the Baptizer. Yeah. We didn't yeah. have denominations at John's time, and so sure. he took his uh, his last name, so to speak, from the fact that this was this was what he was known for. He was known for baptizing people, and, and we'll come to that. So in a are you telling me that John the Baptist is not the founder of the SBC? <laughs> he is not the founder of the Southern Baptist Convention. <laughs> okay. I know. Yeah, wow. it's, it's very disappointing. We're a lot younger than we think we are. So <laughs> yes. uh, if you take all the gospel accounts together, you end up with a really cool picture of this character, John the Baptist. It all begins um, in Luke chapter 1, where the angel Gabriel visits a man named Zechariah, mm -hmm. who's married to a woman named Elizabeth. Both characters are from uh, priestly lineage, yeah. so they're uh, descendants of Aaron, um, the original high priest of, of Israel. And right from the beginning of the story in Luke chapter 1, um, Man, you the Bible is is just like all the alerts should be going off in your mind. For the cross reference section is like stuffed during yeah. this passage, yeah. um, because what's happening is there's echoes of a man and a woman who honored God with their lives, yeah. but for whatever reason the woman was unable to bear children. Yeah. So this is an old couple. Uh, and they've been unable to have kids. Elizabeth has not been able to conceive. So already you should be thinking about Abraham and Sarah, right? Yep. Um, and you should be thinking about Hannah, uh, right? We just studied Hannah's story on Mother's Day this year, and Elimelech, and how she was unable to conceive until she prayed to the Lord and, and then gave birth to Samuel. Uh, one that I hadn't caught before was Samson's parents, the judge, Samson. Hmm. Uh, they were unable to conceive until the angel of the Lord visited them. And uh, interestingly, there's another connection that we'll come back to later on in this chapter in Luke. 
when Gabriel comes to Zechariah, he tells him, hey, uh, you're, you're gonna, your wife is going to conceive. She's going to have a baby boy, and you will name him John. That's really important because later, uh, when John is born, uh, Elizabeth says, well, his name is going to be John. And all the family looks at her, they're like, yeah, yeah, why? Yeah, yeah, I mean, there's nobody in your family yeah. named John. The answer to that question is because God said so. So, yeah. so uh, at that time, Zechariah is mute. He's unable to speak, and they give him a, a tablet to write down what's the baby's name going to be, and he writes on it, his name is John, you know? <laughs> what she said. What she said. <laughs> Very clear instructions from the Lord God. His name is John, yes. and at that moment, his tongue is loosed, and he's able to, to speak again. Gabriel makes this incredible prophecy over John's life. Uh, he says a number of things, and I've got them recorded here. Uh, but you can see this, again, in Luke chapter 1. Um, read it and study it before you teach. The yeah. angel Gabriel says that many are going to rejoice at John's birth. They say, uh, he says that he's going to be great in the sight of the Lord, right? Mm. This is prophetic language. These are the kind of things that God says about a prophet. Uh, he says that he would never drink wine or beer, yeah. uh, which is interesting, but that's where this connects again to the, um, the passage in Judges uh, with Samson and his parents. So look, uh, write down a couple of passages. First of all, Judges 13, you'll see the story of Samson and his birth. And then also write down Numbers 6, uh, verses 1 through 23, is where the Lord walks out what's called the Nazarite vow, uh, which is a, an act of um, spiritual consecration where you would devote yourself to the Lord. Sometimes you could take that upon yourself. Other times God would call people to do it. And that's exactly what's happening with John the Baptist here. He's being called to take this Nazarite vow, uh, which means he's not going to drink wine or beer. He's not going to drink anything that comes off the grapevine, right? So no grapes, no raisins, no grape juice, you know, mm. no cran grape, none yeah. of that kind of stuff. Uh, he's not allowed to have it. Uh, the angel says that he'll be filled with the Holy Spirit from the womb. Yes. So before he's born, he's filled with the Holy Spirit. We'll see more about that in a minute. And then, and then here's where it gets really, really cool. Imagine being Zechariah, this father, who's hearing this prophecy, and the angel says to you, your son's going to turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. Yeah. Uh, he's going to go before him, two pronouns, right? The second him, of course, is referring to Jesus, the Messiah, yeah. in the spirit and the power of Elijah, right? Mm -hmm. This character who we studied earlier a couple weeks ago, in order to turn the hearts of fathers to their children. Uh, the disobedient to the understanding of the righteous, and to make ready for the Lord a prepared people. Yeah. All of this is what we would call um, apocalyptic language, right? Mm -hmm. The new kingdom is breaking out, mm -hmm. and John's going to be the one who starts to set it up. I mean, how cool is that? And yes. you're his dad hearing this prophecy from the angel Gabriel. Um, who, now, who, angel Gabriel, who left the presence of God. That's right, yeah. Is right, to, to come deliver this message. Yes, he uh, has this great conversation a few verses later where, where uh, Zechariah is like, how am I going to know that these things are going to happen? Yes. And Gabriel responds with, um, I'm Gabriel. <laughs> I stand in the presence of God. Mm. I'm pretty sure if I'm telling you they're going to sure. happen, they're going to happen. Yeah, yeah. A little later on in Luke 1, uh, Mary has been told that she's going to be the mother of the Messiah, the mother of Jesus, and she goes to visit, and this is a cool family connection here, yep. Elizabeth, the mother of John, who's now six months pregnant, yes. and when Mary comes to Elizabeth and tells her, I'm pregnant and I'm going to have God's son, mm -hmm. the baby inside of Elizabeth leaps, leaps. Yep. because he's filled with the Holy Spirit, just yep. like the angel said that he will be. 
toward the end of the first chapter, uh, the baby's born. Uh, he's circumcised on the eighth day, which is when he would receive his name. And of course, the story goes and he is named John. Uh, look at Luke 1, 8, verse 80. Uh, and this is just where we get the glimpse of, of John's life between birth and his ministry. Uh, the Bible says that the child grew up, he became spiritually strong, and he was in the wilderness until the day of his public appearance to um, Israel. Mm. Now, John's a really weird dude, um, and we learned that a little bit later. Simple. Uh, yep. He wears a garment that's made from, Matt, camel hair. How about that? Uh, he wears a leather belt, uh, and he eats. Do you know his diet off the top of your head? It's, uh, it's, it's uh, lots of honey, I believe. He does. He eats wild honey and Mm. locusts. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Again, uh, kind of prophetic language here, right? Locusts, you would think of the plagues. Sweet and crunchy. That's it. Uh, uh, (laughs) Think how good. The explosion of flavor in your mouth. Mm, Yeah, yeah. I think the honey was probably to wash the locusts down. (laughs) Maybe so. Uh, But yeah, do think of the fact that like locusts represented the plague, judgment, Mm. God's judgment. Mm. Honey represents the sweetness of God's word and provision, right? The promised land was a land flowing with milk and honey. Um, and so this is like, yeah, it's his diet. He's consuming God's judgment and God's promise yeah. in order that he can speak them out. Um, he goes into his public ministry. He's baptizing people. Uh, in Luke chapter 3, we learn about his preaching. We learn that he baptizes Jesus. Uh, we learn that God's word came to him while he was in the wilderness. And then he went into the area of the Jordan River. He proclaimed a baptism for the, uh, for the forgiveness of sins. And so he's teaching, he's out there teaching soldiers and tax collectors, and he's calling out the Pharisees, and he's telling all these ordinary Jewish people, repent, because the kingdom of heaven is near. And so the people would say, man, I I need to do that. And they would go down in the water, and they would be baptized, kind of not like our baptisms today. It was was an act of ritual purification that you could do multiple times. You'd do it over and Mm -hmm. over again, kind of every time you rededicated your life to the Lord, so to speak. Um, but all along, all along, John amasses a group of followers. He becomes insanely popular, becomes friends with, uh, with, with, with the king, King Herod at the time, um, although kind of a, an awkward relationship. But all the while, he's pointing to the one who's coming after him, yeah. pointing forward to Jesus. And so we'll talk more about that in our passage in just a moment. Before we get there, uh, we learn from the story, Matthew chapter 14 and, and Mark chapter 6, uh, that Herod... Uh, the king in Judea at the time, or r- really the Tetrarch, because Rome is the rulers, but Herod's just kind of there as a puppet king. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he has a little bit of authority uh, and he's rich and wealthy and whatnot. We find out that he's fascinated by John. Sure. But John is also very quick to convict and call out uh, Herod. And he does that. Uh, Herod um, had, had taken um, his brother Philip's wife, Herodias, so his sister-in-law, yep. he had taken her as his own wife, mm-hmm. uh, and John the Baptist had told him again and again, it's wrong, it's yeah. not right, it's not lawful for you to have her. And so uh, Herod got tired of it, yep. and he locked him up in prison. Uh, one day, uh, Herod was having a birthday party, mm-hmm. and as the story goes, uh, his, his new wife's daughter, Herodias's daughter, uh, was dancing, yep. and she made the king and all of his buddies so happy that he said, hey, you can have whatever you want, up to half of my kingdom. She goes to her mom and says, what should I ask for? And Herodias says, the head of John the Baptist. Mm. And so the daughter goes forward with it, and because Herod's made a promise in front of the entire party, he yep. has to follow through. And so John is beheaded um, in, in prison. Um, 
And of course, after this, Jesus ends up having a conversation where he talks a little bit more about uh, John the Baptist and really praises him and, and is, uh, demonstrates thankfulness for his ministry. Yeah. So that's the life um, that's, that's before us. The passage uh, in particular that we're studying is um, from John chapter 3. And it's really the, I mean, if you could, you would, you would call it kind of the testimony of John's life. Yeah. Uh, this is what he was all about. You can see the situation. Jesus and his disciples are out and they're baptizing. John and his disciples are out and they're baptizing. But the crowd that John has is not as big as it was. Sure. And the reason for that is because everybody's going to Jesus. And so there's a situation at hand uh, that John's disciples come to him with a dispute over purification. uh, But then they ask a question that doesn't really have anything to do with purification. Uh, In in verse 26, they say, Rabbi, the one that you testified about, right? They've heard, they know that Mm -hmm. Jesus is a Messiah and who is with you across the Jordan is baptizing. And then you can almost hear the disappointment in their voices, right? Because they love John, and they've loved the successful ministry that they've had. And they say, everybody's going him. They're all going his way. They're all getting baptized by Jesus. And so then John responds with this incredible passage, 27 through uh, 36, where um, he's going to walk out the, the idea, hey, fellas, everything that we have is what God gives to us. Yeah. No more, no less. God gives us all that he wants us to do. We're faithful to do it. And then he takes away what he doesn't want us to do. Yeah. And so it's this incredibly humble response. He says this famous passage in verse 30, uh, he must increase, mm-hmm. Jesus must increase, I must decrease. Yeah. Um, and then last, he, uh, he, he really walks out like, I mean, Jesus is the Messiah, the King, the Son of God. How you handle Jesus determines the course of your life. Yeah. Not just your earthly life, but your eternal life as well. It says in verse 36, the one who believes in the Son, notice not believes in John the Baptist, the one who believes in the Son, Jesus, yeah. has eternal life, but the one who rejects the Son will not see life. Instead, the wrath of God remains on him. It's, you're looking, John, I have did this some time ago, reading through the book of John, and I just circled the word believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is mm-hmm. all, over all over the place. The place. Yes, uh, yeah. And so, so I've got, you know, believes, whoever believes in the Son uh, has eternal life. But I also circled, um, and, and you mentioned this already, he, he must. Mm-hmm. I, I circled those two musts. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he must increase, but I must decrease. Yeah. And that's a daily decision that as right. Christ followers— that, that, that we must, let's circle that, <laughs> mm. we must daily make yep. uh, to, to put to less of me yeah. and, and more of him. Yeah, so. yeah. Now that, um, that steps right into the water, yeah. uh, if you will, to a question that you guys have in your curriculum that you're going to get to ask of your people. And yeah. man, let us encourage you to just press into this question. It's on page 41 in the, in the leader material. Uh, what does it mean for Jesus to increase and you to decrease? Mm. Uh, and then what needs to change for this to happen in your life? Matt, I love the way that you emphasized and phrased that question. This is why we need each other, because you hear things mm. that uh, when you're reading it, you don't necessarily catch. Um, I love the way that you emphasized it, because this is not just like in John's public ministry, Jesus had to increase. John yeah. was pointing. Yep, yep. But it's not just our ministry, our outward life. Internally, yes. 
Jesus must increase. Yes. And I must decrease. Yeah. I've got to think less of me mm. and think more of him. I got to have the mind of Christ. Yeah. Not the mind of Brian. Yeah, and the intent there is that when life squeezes because it's mm-hmm. going to it is. It, circumstances are coming. Yeah. Struggles are coming. When it squeezes, what what's going to come out? Mm. Is it me? Is it my wants? Is it my personality? <laughs> is it you know my giftedness? No, right. it must be him. Yeah, yeah. In 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 the circumstances, in the trials, in the struggles, even in the suffering, mm. that God is present and that He shines right. in in who we are. Right. So so important. It's good. As you think about um, yeah. our, our measures, yep. so we this is passage based. It's yep. it's discussion based. It's important for us to to wrestle with these questions and, and to ask them. Uh, but as we also think about our measures, because those measures are roles of a, of a disciple, the, yep. the ways that we're growing individually in our own personal walk with Christ. Mm-hmm. Is there a measure that sticks out for you that we can apply uh, to, or that we can learn from this passage? Yeah, I think so. Uh, for, for me, the one that stands out is um, that we should be students who live changed, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, a student studies. <laughs> so yeah. that's what we're encouraging. Study the person of Jesus. Yes and change what needs to be changed in your life. I look at John and I see that in, mm. in him, right? He, he, his, one of the famous lines from John's ministry is, behold, or look, yep. the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Yeah. And so John looked, he saw, he beheld, he studied, mm. if you will, Jesus, and he changed his life accordingly. Um, and so that's, I would hold, I would hold that up. It was a nice little visit we got there from the yeah, Pine Cove was. kids as they're <laughs> running around the campus. I don't it's know if y'all could hear that. It's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I think about John the Baptist. He could have so easily been puffed up. Right. Because people were following him yep. and, and there was a Successful. crowd. Um, but he, he, had, he had that picture of less of me and more of him. Mm. And what a great picture. And I'm so thankful for this hero of the faith yep. as we look at this and we... Uh, we learn from him, right, and, and from his dependency on God, yep, uh, and his focus on him. Did John the Baptist do it perfectly? No, 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 he didn't. Yeah, none of us will. Mm. But we must continue to strive forward uh, in that. I forgot to mention that, and just very quickly, I, and I should know the passage off the top of my head. I don't, um, but look it up; you'll find it. Uh, there's a moment where John the Baptist doubts. Mm-hmm. Right, he spent yeah. all of his life pointing to Jesus, yeah. but there's this moment where he's in prison and. His disciples are like, should we go follow Jesus? And he's like, I don't know. And, and so he sends his disciples to ask. Yeah. And they ask. And Jesus tells him, look, the, the blind are seeing, the lame are walking, uh, and the dead have, have new life. Yeah. And so he tells him, yeah, I'm, I'm the one. And John's faith is restored. But he had that moment of, of doubt, just like Elijah, just like Mary, just like all the other heroes of the faith. So I'm normal. You and me both, sir. <laughs> and everybody okay. else, too. Yeah. Yes. God's still working on me. Yeah. So, leaders, thank you for joining us for this, the eighth episode of the Head Start podcast. Uh, I hope that this has been just that, giving you a head start in preparation for this coming Sunday's uh, lesson as you guide that conversation with mm-hmm. your group. Just a quick reminder, remember, mark your calendar, August 6th, leader meeting after the 1045 service in East Venue. Also remember, kickoff uh, Sunday, 
August the 13th and the tailgate party that afternoon. So, uh, some really great uh, weeks coming up. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, and we will see you on Sunday.